Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, welcome to uh, an awesome episode of the Finding Backcountry podcast. Should have had a couple recent episodes uploaded since... You know, since I kind of got back from hunting this fall, so this is uh, this is getting regular. This is a cool, unique one. Not like a not a first time guest because uh, Marlon, I've had you on at least once, right? I know, I know, I yeah, had brother. you on once, maybe twice even. But um, well, we've definitely had a chance to to get together on here a couple times. Had some great conversations. Yeah, yeah, man, just like real man. If you're into like real in depth. Um, mule deer talk you know just like i mean we went i want to say one of the longer podcasts hour and a half probably or whatever and marlin uh holden that i have on here you know just of i mean like i'm i'm an up and coming what i feel like is like a mule deer you know nut like i'm becoming addicted to them like marlin's just where i'm trying to get to uh to be honest, right? I mean, he's just, he's, he's killed 10 X, probably the amount of mule deer 20 X maybe that I've killed us in and all with a bow, right? Marlon all with a bow. Yeah. Dustin's being super ultra kind right now. Um, I I like, I definitely focus on them, but while, while I'm focusing on trying to, you know, kill one mule deer, you've already killed 10 other things in different species. So yeah, I like to be a specialist. I like to be on the mountain, just chasing one buck. Um, and and I, and I've tried, I've tried to become more, you know, like, like I did, I, this is a perfect season aside from, I didn't kill anything. And we're going to talk about that. Right. But like, (laughs) (laughs) I, I went, I had, I limited myself. Right. So I, I'm not a guy that has a ton of time. I mean, I had, I don't know, three or three weeks maybe that I took off three or four weeks. So that's, I mean, that's better than probably the average, but, um, I limited my tags. I had one out of state Colorado tag that I picked up on like the return or whatever it was. And then I just had my Wyoming general tag. Right. And that's like a big step for me, Marlon. Cause I wasn't like, you know, the 20 year old, 25 year old me is like oh i'm gonna get this tag and this you know an idaho over the counter and uh, i'm gonna apply up in montana and get because it's right here and i've got my wyoming and then i've got i'm gonna get a Colorado, you know and i would have had five tags when i was 25 right and not given any of them an honest chance and so that was the first big step for me this year as i limited myself but but i focused 100 on mule deer the whole season that's all that mattered and then, and that didn't work out the way that it, I wanted it to, but it, I mean, it was fun. Right. And we'll talk about how it went, but then I pick up this late season bull tag and it was perfect because it's like, after all my mule deer hunts were over, there's literally nothing I could be hunting, you know, within reason. And you don't have to scout for a late season bull elk tag, right? It was a rifle hunt. And I just went down and smashed a bull big enough, just big enough to like, 
make me forget about how crappy my mule deer season was. So <laughs> I'm, but I'm, I'm progressing as a, as a trophy mule deer hunter trying to get to your level. <laughs> I, I, I think that if I really try and break it down, I'm like the blue collar version of a trophy hunter because I mean, I guess I could go out there and buy some crazy tag um, and dedicate my season to, you know, truly accomplishing, you know, killing a 200 inch deer. I mean, I, I can go spend 20 grand, 30 grand to go do that. I, I, I don't know. I just feel, I, me personally, I don't feel really good about doing that. Um, it has nothing to do with money. I think it has more to do with like prob- probably more than anything it has to do more with my ego or pride. <laughs> First off, I don't really, you know, I've never gone guided. I don't think you have either. Um, no, I've, I've guided and, hunts myself, but I've never gone, <clears throat> I've never gone guided unless I like had to be with a guide, you know, the couple right. one or two tags that I've ever had like that. Like I, I so I'm the worst that ever drawn anything. Like I, I've drawn a couple tags, and to be honest with you, the tags that I drew that were supposed to be, you know, these incredible tags it took me a decade to get. I mean, I've killed bigger deer on freaking general units. Yeah. Um, so the tags that I did draw that took, you know, one was 15 years, the other one was like 10 years. I, I, I ended up killing nice bucks, but not anything to speak of. And realistically, it was the the, the tags are based off of opportunity. Uh, and the quality of the hunt, meaning like you're hunting in the peak of the rut or you're hunting, you know, in a unit with a lot of, you know, good buck to doe ratios low, or whatever. Low pressure, yeah. Low pressure, but not like, you know, genetics or age class or just coming off a bad winter, just, just for whatever reason, I didn't get what I was looking for out of spending that many points in that many years for the hunt. So, and that's only been like two or three times I've ever drawn a decent tag. Um, everything else is like predominantly over the counter, first come, first serve, um, or just like like a one or two point unit type uh, that are just most opportunity. And and I just do the best that I can on those units, but I really really focus in on them. And like you, this year was incredibly challenging for me because I I set a but I set a benchmark. Uh, it was probably a little higher than um, you know maybe I should have just due to the fact that on these public land units in the areas that I'm at, they're really just, gosh, they they exist, but it's a once every three to five year kind of a thing, not a once every year kind of a thing. And, uh, and, you know, we, we got ravaged by severe drought in some of the farthest Western deserts. Uh, Some of these areas got really killed bad where we lost maybe 70% of the herd. And so, you know, some of the tags just didn't even matter. Uh, I, I could have hunted as hard as I, you know, my heart desired. It wouldn't have mattered because it didn't exist given the circumstances prevailing on the unit. But um, I passed on, you know, probably at least two and a half, three dozen bucks in the mid-60s, uh, a couple bucks in the low-70s. Um <clears throat> I at one point in time was considering shooting one that was in the mid seventies. Um, and 
waited too long and it winded me and went out and I just, my heart wasn't really into it. It wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, excited and I want to be excited. And I was looking for characteristics that would make me excited at the end of the day. And it was a young deer. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, you know, I, I held out, I was holding out for something that was just extra special. Like, you know, that six and a half, seven and a half year old deer that didn't really matter score wise, but just was an old nasty brute. I just never found one this year. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I you know arrowed a really nice buck uh, in January and and whatnot, but just the the later fall seasons didn't ever come together in the way that I wanted to on the age class or caliber of animal that I was looking for. So I kind of basically just you know opted to eat tag seeds out of choice, and instead of killing like another one sixty five type deer, I, I, there was plenty of those and and had a you know opportunities to do that on multiple occasions. I just chose not to so i'm probably gonna get poo-pooed off the stage for that one but um and in, in retrospect i'm glad that i did that but oh, it was hard at the same time because you know after a while you go so many days and you're like okay i just want to watch my flesh berry do and, you you know do you did you so because i i had almost like i feel like the identical season right like um you know different but the same i set a standard for myself and, and just like you, I feel like it wasn't age or it wasn't score based solely, you know, that's kind of the, the starting point or that's my default, right? Is like, okay, it's going to be 180 inch deer. Now keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not bow hunting most of this. I'm rifle hunting a lot of it. I had a, I, I had a mix of everything. I, I bow hunted for a week. I, muzzleloader open site muzzleloader hunted in Colorado for a week and then I rifle hunted for two or three weeks or whatever in, in Wyoming so you know it's it's different you know 170 inch deer with a bow is more impressive than 180 inch deer with a rifle probably but anyway um I had set whatever benchmark um just you know so my my question for you is like as, as I as I went and I started hunting and hunting and hunting or you know even even during scouting season and we're looking at deer and you kind of get in that mode of pass 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 that's not what I'm after not what I'm after not like do you find yourself almost like I like I felt like towards the end so so let me let me end with with or let me jump to how it ended right like i'm on like the second to last day that i can hunt here in wyoming with the rifle and it's like you know into november and and a buck's kind of staged up where where a whole bunch of does have been we're starting to winter and this buck was exactly like you said he wouldn't score for crap like he was terrible three three by you know huge g2 off the top and then like a crabby front but he was like man marlin he was an old buck like he was uh you know in fact one of my buddies killed him a few days later because i passed on him you know but but and and so what i'm getting at is like like i passed this buck and and it had nothing to do with score it was just like he's not quite like gnarly enough or maybe he's not older as, as i think and but i've all i like looked back a day or two later and i'm like geez like, why didn't I shoot him? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I think I just got so in the habit of like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something better. I'm looking for something better. And then I'm afraid that I almost looked at it once and was like, 
ah, I just, I pass on deer this year. That's what I do. And then I just moved on. Like, I don't know. Like, do you feel like you like get in that pass, pass, pass mode sometimes? (laughs) Like it. Yeah, I I do. I I absolutely. um, Like, do you have deer this last year that you're like, I should have shot that deer? (sighs) No, (laughs) not really. I mean, okay. So here's, here's the thing. Um, I think if you're truly like connected to your own like inner masculinity, um, not ego, like forget about ego, check it at the door. None of that matters. Like when we're on the mountain, I'm not thinking about social media. I'm not thinking about sponsors. I'm not thinking about whether people are going to like me more or not. I really don't care. I'm I'm there to be on the mountain and, and kind of like convene with God, convene with nature, feel my heartbeat differently feel the air in and out of my lungs differently, think differently, allow myself to slow down and have process over the moment. So, you know, I I think what it is is that like when I break it down for myself, um, there's something about matching wits with like the old warrior on the mountain, something that truly has like, so when a buck gets too old, I kind of don't have that put it out of its misery mindset. <laughs> I, I like them right before they get too old. Like if they're too old, I like, you know, have the idea that I just want to like let it die in peace. Let it just live out its life. You know, you made it nine you, and a half yeah, years or yeah. eight and a half years. Yeah, like, you've earned it. <laughs> go, just, you know, go, go off somewhere and die or, yeah. you know, get eaten by a mountain lion, whatever. Like, but there's this, place where a deer gets to be like six and a half eight and a half like this special magical place where he's truly like the peak of his everything he's the most muscular he's the most like foreboding he's the most he's just the most robust and tenacious and and aggressive and smart and mature as he's going to get and sharp right and and i like the idea of being the best that I'm able to be. And I notice a huge difference between a deer that is three and a half, that really is that 160, 165 class buck through and through, uh, you know, and, and age class doesn't necessarily tie into antler characteristics. I mean, there's plenty of deer that are five and a half, six and a half, that you know, we'll never get bigger than 150. Right. But, yeah. um, I think that just from a standpoint of, you know, the metrics that I see by and large, like a 70, 30 rule, for example, when I'm in certain areas that I know what does exist there. And I see your average three and a half year old deer on a, on a pressured opportunity type hunt. It's hard for a deer to get over three and a half. So most of the deer that you're looking at are going to be two and a half to three and a half. And uh, they're, especially when they're, you know, by themselves or in a bachelor group, they're, they're not, you know, yes, they're smart. They're not dumb, but it's not hard to get close to them. It's not impossible to get tight enough to make the shot. Generally speaking, you give it a few days with some planning. Uh, you get your predator instincts engaged. You listen to them. You understand the wind. Everything becomes like a biorhythm. And you're really truly in tune with it and listening to it, like that 160 is going to die. It's just, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just going to die. And and it's one of those deaths that's like you you know, it's not arrogance, it's not cockiness, it's confidence in where you've been, the boot 
steps that you've taken and the direction you've moved as a hunter and as somebody who just is certain about your abilities and and that animal's just going to die now when they start getting older like i kind of start the balance the balance starts getting tipped the balance starts getting tipped towards the animal again you can't mess up at all like yeah. none i mean when you start dealing with something over five and a half six and a half dude that thing is like He's almost on pins and needles, and well, he almost can like read electric energy. So it's kind of like you're hunting something that's far more astute than you're akin to. And and as a hunter, when you consistently start stacking animals like that, it means you're also elevating your level of awareness to a different place. And that's what I was kind of like looking for is that elevated level of awareness in my hunt during my stocks and appreciating where that animal has come from and how he got to be that old and being able to be, you know, one-on-one with this monarch. And, and that was kind of like more the experience. And I, and I didn't, you know, I didn't find, I found that in January, this last January, I definitely matched wits with an animal that was very challenging to arrow, but this whole fall, this season, I didn't, I didn't see that. See, and uh, man, I really appreciate you saying that because it, it really is like, that's exactly you know, and I, I've already told this on here. I haven't told you, so I'm just going to tell it again real quick. But like, like, like this, like, I, I really appreciate what you're saying about matching wits with a buck that's at his prime, right? Like you want to beat, to know that you're the, like it's, I think of it as sports, right? Like nobody wanted to beat Michael Jordan when he came back and was 45 years old or whatever, right? Or beating Tom Brady right now, right? The Buccaneers are six and six or whatever. Like they suck, right? I mean, like you wanted to beat them when they're at their best. That's when it really meant something, right? And so that's when it means something. Yeah. You know, that's when it really meant something, you know? And so like this I don't think I realized that I had done this until after, which is why I, I kind of regret not pulling the trigger on that deer, even though you know, he didn't have the, the score or the rack or whatever, um, because I didn't know, you know, anyway, we, we, we kicked this, we kicked this buck up in the snow, right? Fresh snow. And I, I got a glimpse of him bounding away and I, I didn't think he was that big. And I said, I don't think he was a shooter, Brian, the guy I was with, but we followed him anyway. I said, you know what though? Like, I'm going to follow these tracks just to see what he does. Cause it's, it's a really good way to learn. Right. And yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. Even if you're not going to kill him and a thousand percent, man, it lets you know behavior. Yeah. It's, it's behavior wheelhouse one-on-one. It's like, is he going to double back and yeah. look at his trail? Yeah. Is he going to sit there and stare? What's he going to well, do? Yeah. Wait for, yeah. Wait till you hear this. Right. So he, he takes off and we're, we're in this flat with a, you know, a picture like a up, maybe 700 yards up to the top of a little finger ridge to my right. And we're kind of, we're, we're gradually sloping down and we're in these real thick, like pinion juniper type trees. And we're kind of down in the, in the draw, you know, down in the bottom. And, and he, he busts out of there. Um, and he was just bedded. We didn't know he's there, but he's bedded all by himself. And so I start following him, you know, and he's of course bounding for like hundreds of yards. He just bounds the whole time. And he's, he's heading basically just beelining straight away from us, which is kind of straight away from the ridge that we had just come down, right? He's going away from the little mountain that's a finger. And then all of a sudden, after like a couple hundred yards, he kind of starts veering to the right. 
and now he's headed kind of back like 45 back towards the mountain and as soon as he made that turn you know he's still bounding a little bit but I turned to Brian and I said you watch that buck I said you see this finger ridge if you wanted to kill that deer like you're probably your best chance even though I was wrong like technically the play was wrong um, and I know it was wrong cause we ended up following him enough where I got a shot at him just, or I would have got a shot at him just cause the trees were open enough. But I said, if you really wanted to like surprise that buck, you would, you would backtrack and make a horseshoe the other direction and meet him head on up on the top. Right. And you would come face to face with him and just hope that you saw him first, I guess. Well, right. because he's going to, I said, Brian, he's going to go up and he's going to, he's going to double back and he's going to, he's going to J hook right back to where he was. And he thinks he's swinging all the way around us. Right. And I was, I was right that that's what he was going to do. I was wrong about the play. The play was actually to do what we just did, which was follow him. Um, you know, if he had been up on like a peak, that would have been the right play, right? Go around the opposite way and run into him or whatever, um, you know, depending on what, what weapon you're hunting with. But anyway, he did exactly that. Like he comes around, you know, and all of a sudden I catch him like 400 yards up on the ridge and he's, he's coming around. He doesn't see us yet. And that's why this was so interesting is because he comes back around and he's now facing 180 degrees and he's looking at his back trail. Not not his back trail, but he's looking right at the direction where we had come from, and we're probably four or five hundred yards from that point now, right? The last place that he had seen us and knew that we were there is where he's and he's just standing there, and he just stood there for like we watched him for like five minutes, and he just stood there and watched and looked and watched and looked and watched and looked. He didn't do anything; he just looked. I'm like, gosh, dang, this is so cool, man. And anyway. I don't need to relive all that, you know, but I, I ended up passing and, and looking back, I was like, you know, that, that I think was my moment. Like that was the, the, that was the, you know, that was the play. You know what I mean? Like that was the, the one-on-one that I was looking for and I should have smoked him because <laughs> I had him and I just chose not to, but I should have, you know, cause it was that moment that you're talking about. I think of like, Hey, and he was, I mean, he was no three and a half year old deer, you know, he was heavy, like big, heavy bases and stuff. And I bet, you know, I don't know, but he's probably at least, you know, like I said, at least four and a half, five and a half, maybe six and a half. I don't know, but, um, yeah, you messed up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm actually glad to hear you say that. Cause it's like, I, now I won't, you know, like I'll, I'll recognize, I love that. I took that L honestly. Because next time I'll recognize it when I'm in it. I'll be like, this is the moment I'm looking for, man. Like this is, this is it, you know, anyway. So I think that's super yeah. cool, man. A big takeaway, like for the guys listening, I mean, and you can, you know, you're living proof to it. So am I, um, these older bucks, younger ones don't really seem to care. They just run away from danger and then they go hide some little hole yeah. somewhere where they can't see or anything. They're just like tucking tail and, you know, running for a little bit, but, it's amazing how many times a mature buck will actually circle, come about face, and look down uh, at his egress. Like it's, yeah, it happens on a very high level, like a very high percentage level. I would say in the 80th percentile that yeah. a buck will actually come around to look at his egress, and and he'll try and see what it was. 
what it was. Like well, they don't because ninety ninety eight percent of the year it's a freaking lion, right? And up there, up there, it might even be wolves. It could be a grizzly. Like it's it's a lot of things up there where I was. Okay, so I know what state you're in now too. Oh yeah, I was I was in Wyoming. I mean, I was right out. <laughs> I was right outside of Cody here. It's not a great area to hunt. It's just that I'm a resident, you know, and I get to hunt the whole state at various times during the year. So it's... I hate you. <laughs> But no, yeah, it, that, that's, it's, it's a really big takeaway. And and I, you know, like I said, I'm trying to get to where you're at, man. Like I'd learned that, you know, and I've kind of known that, but just again, there's, there's, it's like pulling it off and then pulling it off and actually recognizing that it's happening when it's happening. And that that's when you should be pulling the trigger because you did it is it's all three different levels, so to speak, you know, and I, I missed it, man. Like I, I just sat there and was like, Oh yeah, there he is. And I'm like, look at what he's doing. And I'm, you know, and I should have been shooting him. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, those, those aha moments that, that to me, in my mind, those are the biggest great breakthroughs as experienced hunters that we ever get to have. Like those are the moments that we learn from the most. I mean, when you start, when you're, you, when you're newer, you're praying for a moment like that to happen. You're like, when you're newer, when you're green, you just shoot, you'd shoot it no matter what. You'd be like, I don't care if it's a three point, you know, a little two and a half. I'd yeah. shoot. And as an experienced hunter, you're rolling into that situation with a different optic. You're looking at it like, I'm, I'm trying to get something out of this hunt. And I'm not sure that that's it yet. Yeah. So in all reality, it's a good thing you didn't shoot it because really you knew in that moment you didn't want it. But at the same time, you're also learning from that adventure. It's like this part of this journey that you're really being enriched from. And so I think that, you know, as much as it might be challenging to look back on it just because of a rough season, it's also like something that there's a, you know, some, I think very good takeaways in it and, and good messages, right? Like you live for those moments. I live for them in the field. I absolutely love them. So I think, I mean, all well, in all, I mean, I, I, I love when that kind of stuff happens. Well, and you, you want to talk about going into the next season with a fire burning in you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm just like, I am so like, you know, I can't wait. Like, I'm just, I'm so, I had, you know, not a lot of experiences like that, but just all the days of chasing deer and nope, not what I'm after, not what I'm after. And then, you know, that experience and a couple other experiences of, man, I should have done that, you know, and you want to talk about going into the next season, you know, with a fire for your passion and what you're trying to accomplish. Like, man, that's, that's where I'm there's, at. But There's no doubt about it. Like that fire going into it. It's like, you know, the funniest part is I'm happy that my season was the way that it was but at the same time i'm not prepared to let it happen again next season <laughs> like i'm kind of like okay that was fun you know i enjoyed i enjoyed uh eating crow but now i kind of don't want to eat crow anymore yeah. so let's 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 go and have some fun here you know I put my equity like, yeah i've earned the equity to... <laughs> yeah and being that i'm like older too um, we're getting older. I'm like 44. I sit there and say, well, how many years do I have left to do this? <laughs> and how many of them do I waste, want to waste on just thinking that I'm like, you know, hunting for some particular deer. Now, don't some get me unicorn. wrong. Like yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm still not interested in like making my whole season out of three and a half girls. I'm not going to do that. Like, but I will go into it with more of a, I'm going to look for the, 
the oldest, best buck that I can find on a unit and go kill it. Right. Yeah. Like I think that'll be, and, and, and if I don't see something that ultimately does it for me, I still won't do it. So I guess realistically, you know, that could happen again, but I'm going to try not to, right. I'm definitely going to try not to. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what comes all that. Well, it's all, it's, it's awesome, man. I, I love just the, like you said, the, the experience and the journey and the learning experience and, um, uh, anyway, and it's, it's, it's kind of why we're on here. I feel like, um, you know, we love telling sobbing hunting stories, I guess, but, um, what, what we're really on here is, is for, you know, kind of talking about how we can help others, um, who maybe haven't gone through those experiences yet. Right. Cause I mean, I've been doing this a long time. You've been doing it a little bit longer even, and we still like, think about it, man. Like I've been hunting mule deer for frick, man, uh, over 20 years. Right. Like, and I still have to go relearn that moment, you know, sometimes. And, um, you know, and so anyway, the punchline is, um, you know, with technology and stuff, there's just, there's cool ways that, um, you know, like podcasts, but even, even, uh, like this app that you're working on, there's cool ways where we can, um, bring those experiences and those moments and those kind of, you know, teaching moments or, you know, those, uh, I don't want to call them shortcuts. What would you call them, Marlon? Just like, um, you know, uh, shortening I, I the learning that, curves or what am I trying to say? Sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's it. And, and you know what's funny? I haven't even been hunting very long in, in the community standpoint of things. Like, um, like you said, 20 years, I'm like, geez, I, I think, I think that I'm about, so I started when I was 28 mm. and I'm 44 now. I think this was my either 16th or 17th year. Like the amount of absorption and synthesis and trying to like understand and hone instinct. Really, at the end of the day, I think what we're doing is we're getting the best equipment that we can that'll allow us to be comfortable, that'll allow us to do what we're out there to do with a proficiency level that is uh, at a high level of execution. So I think aside from the, the equipment, we're out there to like truly assess and hone in on our ability to become more in tune with our instinct. Like, how good of an Indian are you? Yeah. How good of an Indian am I? If, at the end of the day, if you're a good Indian, you're the one that was the warrior. You're the one that, like, fed the entire community, right? And I love, I'm very, you know, proud of bringing home organic, lean protein to eat. And I love making meals out of it. I love preparing it. I love the whole process in it. So, yeah, I think that, you know, all in all, um, what, we, what we're both doing is we're finding uh, our passion. We're finding our way. And then we're finding uh, solutions for hunters that are new in it um, to be able to come into it and have um, experienced individuals come into it. And like, you know, your, your company that you have. In preparing uh, and essentially meal planning people's hunts out for them, but you have years of ex experience in the backcountry being able to help people with their logistics and know exactly what they're going to need to take into the field. And you know, while people need to know how to do that, it's nice 
to have a service that's plug and play where somebody can go on there and just have it handled for them. Um, the app that, you know, that I've been working on is literally a little over a year in the works. And I'm just in a place where I get, um, you know, such a, a volume of questions asked that I need to have a really concise directed place where people can go to have those questions <laughs> answered and updated regularly with new content to where it's not a masterclass. It's not a course. It is a lifestyle. We engage in it. We follow each other's success. We follow each other's, uh, you know, passion for the outdoors and what we want to, to achieve from it. And um, just trying to, like you said, fast track, um, speed up that process of, of information download into our brain so that, that way we have the ability to like go out and make our hunt more you know successful or improved or kind of digest the information in a way that's going to allow us to be more effective uh, as, as hunters in the field and understanding a species that we really really love well and what's so here's the blessing and the curse right and here's what's super cool about the era that we live in compared to say the 1950s uh, we have the most amount of technology and therefore information at our fingertips, right? I mean, we literally have, we all walk around with computers in our hands that are more powerful than the computer that Ronald Reagan used to run the free world, right? In, in when he, in his presidency, right? I mean, think about that, right? We have, oh yeah, we have so no much and that's the blessing, right? We have so much information at our fingertips. Um, I can learn things at the speed of, you know, relatively the speed of light compared to what it would have taken you. I mean, to, to learn an experience like that, someone going through that with a mule deer a hundred years ago, you would have had to just randomly know the, the one guy in your town that had been hunting mule deer his whole life. That was that crazy nut mule deer guy that took you under his wing and just by chance happened to take you out and show you or your dad or, you know what I mean? Like you would have had to have physically been there at some point because, you know, or maybe, maybe read it in a magazine. Right. But even then I don't feel like it was, you know, the chances, uh, you know, it, it just was different. Right. Well now, I mean, we just with YouTube and social and apps and all these things, I mean, the amount of information that someone who's starting out in something can dive into and have access to is insane. Now, the curse is that you have thousands of people bombarding you with questions that you just can't answer all of them. Like, because we have that technology, you just like everyone has access to everyone who's out there. And so there's got to be, you know, the, any at some point you just can't answer everyone's question about everything. Right. I mean, and that's kind of where this app came in. It's like, it's the best of both worlds. You're trying to put all the information out there for people to use. And you're trying to not offload those questions, but you're just trying to, you know, have the most efficient way to answer and help everybody. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, that, that unfortunately has become a, um, a challenge and it's not something that you know i'm not disappointed by it i'm not frustrated with it i think more than anything what happens is you know we have a certain bandwidth like i have a business 
um, with employees that has nothing to do with hunting. And then I have a production team. Uh, I have um, print masters in an a, a environment with a clean room that, you know, does all my printmaking. And then we have logistics and fulfillment and everybody else is involved in my business, right? And we have worldwide orders going out. And that's has nothing to do with mule deer. has nothing to do with bow hunting. And then you have bow hunting and then sponsors and then traveling around to different states. And then, you know, you make these posts. And then on top of that, you, you know, I kind of, I'll get after, and this is, it is what it is, right? But after, you, you know, I'll kill a buck, like I'll get a couple hundred direct messages. Sometimes it's even more than that. And um, it's not that I don't want to answer them. Quite honestly, I'd love to answer them all, but it's impossible to have the bandwidth to do so unless you're, you know, driving and you're not paying attention to the road and you're like messaging people back <laughs> as they're driving. Or if you're, you know, it's like, it's, it's not realistic to sit down for two or three hours a day to try and answer them all. But then if you don't, you feel like an absolute jerk because yeah. they're genuine questions. It's not like people are trying to be like horrible people and not, you know, well, and, and they, want, mo- they want help. You know, the easy ones to brush off are what unit were you in, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, but that's, it's really, you know, fortunately it's in my experience, it's 5%, it's 2%, it's 6% of the questions or whatever. Right. Most of them, like you're saying, are just, they're good questions. They're honest questions. They're people just, you know, like, like when I was starting out, you're just searching for a place and it's like, oh man, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, man, how are you doing that? Or what are you, you know, like they're just honest to goodness questions, you know? That's it, Dustin. That's the ticket right there. So if you're, you know, a new hunter or shoot, not even new, but like if you, you know, even if you have a few kills under your belt, there's so many unanswered questions, stuff you're still trying to get solidified in your mind. You could be in the hunting 10 years, 15 years, but just really at the end of the day, not have had a lot of success connecting the dots. Or you could be back east trying to plan your first hunt out west. And, and then when you start to look at the, the collateral content available online, uh, I would say 90, high 90th percentile is content from people that, and, and this is not you know a bash session, but it's mm-hmm. mostly people looking to try and create a name for themselves. And people who are looking to try and build stats, uh, get views, like subscriptions, um, things like that. But if you look at the track record, the track record's uh, very highly missing, the missing component. Like, for example, you have a crap ton of deer and elk. Like, I don't even know how many. And I have, like, well over 60 mule deer kills with my bow. And, and so for me, it's a confidence thing where I just, I just know. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to see that deer, I'm going to kill it. Uh, a lot of people that are making content are coming on there. You'll just see a thousand pictures of them drawing their bow, or they change their fletch color, or they're moving to a different fletch jig, or they are trying a new release, or a new site, or a new rangefinder, or they got this new... And it's all these really cool, pretty pictures. But, like, we're all out here to try and be successful in the field. So I don't care how cute you are, or <laughs> what you're wearing, or what, you know, what gear you're using if you're using all this fancy gear and you still can't get it done like i'm not interested that's not what i'm here for if you are that's wonderful right that's cool um but if you have a ton of followers that are just following you for your gear that's cool i want somebody who's like died in the wool 
a mountain savage that understands how to get it done. I'm going to listen to that person, the, the survivor, the woodsman. The person who goes up there year in and year out, I want their information. That's whose information I want. I don't want the content creator's information because, to be honest with you, he can test 20 different broadheads through bricks, 50 different broadheads through plywood. He can give you the results. Like, that's not real world. I, I don't care. That's just your own mind playing tricks on you because every single one of those broadheads is going to work. You know what the hell you're doing with it. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that all these things that people busy, busy themselves with, trying to better themselves with this piece of equipment or that piece of equipment, I got one piece of equipment you can look into for real. How about you go into your bathroom and check yourself in the mirror? <laughs> and the moment you check yourself in the mirror and you realize like, hey, who am I? And you answer that question, you're being real with yourself. Then download my app and then pick up little pieces of information that are super non-egocentric, has nothing to do with me. It has to do with, hey, I noticed uh, over the last 20 years or 17 years that uh, when I'm in the high country, these bucks like to eat this like uh, waxier looking leaf on these willows versus the fuzzier looking leaf on the willows. Or uh, I noticed that when I'm in the high country and I'm in country that, you know, there's predominant sheep. Uh, that, that move through and have certain grazing rights. Uh, these are areas that you want to avoid, and these are areas that tend to hold pockets of deer. Or, you know, it's just straight up pure wisdom. No ego, no BS, no garbage. It's just that we've been there, that we've sat in that situation, and we've found success through certain steps that we've taken. It's proven. There's no question about it. Whereas the content creator that's out there just trying to become a field editor or a field staff of this or wants to be sponsored yeah. by this company is has none of that. It's well, just- and and Marlon, the here here's the here's the anomaly, okay? And this is just as you were talking, I was kind of processing and I was thinking about a few different people, okay? There's plenty of guys who don't kill every year who know more about mule deer, for example, than I'll ever you know, they've forgotten more than I'll ever know, right? Right. Look at look at your year this year. You didn't, you know, in this fall, you didn't kill anything, right? You're still one of the guys, right? There's also on the flip side, there are a lot of guys who kill a ton of animals every year, multiple tags, and a lot of them are the influencers, right? That like you're saying, they have an ulterior motive. So they're going out and it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't it's it, and it's a bigger it's a bigger conversation than we're probably going to have right now. But there's a lot of guys who are going out, and they they are the ones that when you and and me, I'll be honest, like I'm that I'm to that level, right? I could tip over 155 inch three and a half year old deer every single year on just about every hunt if I wanted to. Easy right? every hunt, yeah, right? no doubt. Maybe not a bow, just because by nature there's you know there's more to it than that. You know, I guess a little bit, but like definitely with a rifle like i don't even feel bad saying that so there's plenty of guys who go out and they're killing multiple animals every year if we're talking deer in that two and a half to three and a half year old range that give the appearance like they know what the heck they're doing and they don't have a clue right if they're if really came down to because they they just they don't go past that point of doing any killing an animal that's really hard to kill like we're talking about they just don't man now that doesn't mean exclusively that guys who kill small animals don't know what they're doing right aaron snyder's a perfect example that guy doesn't give a crap about trophy hunting he obviously wants to kill the biggest animal on the mountain 
but that guy knows more about killing mule deer than probably me and you combined, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe not, um, but close. Right. And he just, he just goes out and he just, he is the guy that kills the three and a half year old, you know, three by four because he just loves it. Right. But so it's not mutually exclusive. Like he's totally jacked up. Like he, he, you know, we just got done talking about this. Like he's like, he could see a 200 inch deer and then two days later, see a 160 and be all over it. Yeah, and woo-hoo. there's no way yeah. you're going to stop him from killing it. Like <laughs> right, it's because right. He doesn't care. He didn't care one bit how many inches it is. He cares about the experience in the hunt. And to him, it's like, you know, however many times I can watch an arrow go through the side of a deer. Like I know for a fact, like where my arrow is going to go, when it's going to happen, like how it's going to happen because he's just got that. Instinct. So it's, he's a freaking incredible Indian. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very, yeah. it's very hard Marlin for guys to filter through because everybody's their own production crew now, right? Everyone has their own little mini TV show, so to speak. Um, everyone has their own network, you know, with social and everything now that it's really, it it's getting harder and harder to weed through, but there's signs. You, there are signs, and if you're looking, you can tell who the real ones actually are. Like you're saying, like that actually, you know, are up on the mountain hardcore. They're not just posting. You know, ninety eight percent of their posts aren't. You know, gear setup, gear photos from their you know hunting room or whatever. Like they're they're out there, whether they're killing or not. They're out there they're you know they're whatever right like uh, anyway it's just it's it's a very interesting um you know we live we live in a wild age dustin i mean we live in a a crazy age where content uh and production of content is like at an all-time high the consumption rate of content is what feeds this massive machine that there's not enough of us producing enough content to feed that machine. Yeah. And so we're, we're in a juxtaposition phase where it's like, okay, you're going to see the old, uh, kind of like the old guard, so to speak, sitting there talking a little bit of trash on the new guard. The new guard is very needed. All of these people are needed. They're essential. But at the end of the day, I think the importance, uh, and difference is, is that, um, you know, in an information age, in a super highway of transactional data, you'll have a high level of people to a very, like a large slice of the pie that's going to be steered towards one area, for example. Like, let's say you got a hunting subscription that uh, tells you where the best units are, uh, where to apply based off of age class, trophy size, buck to doe ratios. Um, uh, you know, the average quality of a genetic and mule deer in a herd, like let's say it's a 140 to a 160 type animal, um, that that particular hunter is going to get steered there. And there's going to be a very high level of or amount of people that are getting steered to that same area based off of that data. Yeah. Well, after a while, it becomes so saturated that that unit's absolute garbage. <laughs> and so then you'll start trickling down the list to where, Nothing is attainable with a lifetime of time of points because so many people are putting in for it that there's not enough people with high level, high or max points to put in for something like that. You'll never get it within 30, 40 years if you're lucky. And there might only be one or two tags to, to draw from. And so these pools throughout the West are getting drained. And so it, it's no longer this game of where can you go to kill the biggest buck because now you either have to be ultra wealthy 
or you have to be stupid lucky. Yep. And, and, and what I'm trying to back away from is say, hey, you know, we don't need to look at a unit that way. We don't need to look at states that way. As a matter of fact, the units in states don't matter. Good bucks occur in all states in every unit. Mm. It's a matter of do you understand how to read the sign? And are you are you truly connected to your instinct and understanding of behavior and precipitation and all these other qualities of landscape like carrying capacity and herd and genetics that will allow you to go into any unit, effectively hunt it, and come away with the animal that you want or yes. the best age class animal that's persist, that persists that in that unit. So we have this, this disconnect where people read a subscription base and think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get this, and now I'm going to go hunt this quality animal. <laughs> and, and, and there's this, like, there's this, there's this, it's almost, perverted right it's kind of like eh, it's like you know i i kind of have a tendency to steer the opposite direction if it's super high rated or super great like fine you won't find me there and i'll never be there and i don't care i'm gonna go make my living on doing something that i love somewhere else and i'm gonna be by myself and i'm not gonna tell where you where i'm at and i don't care if you like me or don't like me i will never mention the state or a unit because at the end of the day that is the thing that in my opinion that is ruining hunting. Now, I want to be a part of helping people synthesize information, how to understand the behavior of the animal that they're pursuing, and allow them, no matter what the terrain type is, to understand the conditions that are in front of them and be able to say, okay, I can rationalize through this. And I've been learning how this is going to matter to my hunt. It's not a master class. It's not a, it's not a, a course. A course and a master class is the same thing as a crash diet or the five steps to success. I can get in a room with, with you know, 10,000 people and give them the absolute ingredients and recipe to become millionaires. And I'll tell you right now, there might be like one or two people out of that 10,000 that will take the advice and do it because at the end of the day, they have to put in the work. Yes. And nowadays in an information age, people don't want to put in the work. So I'm going on a rant here, but I think it's very important to understand that what I'm putting out there is a recipe book. And it's not full yet. Like, I'm going to fill the pages up over the next few years, and it's going to go. You're going to grow with me. I'm going to show you these and reveal these little things to you as tips and tidbits as we go along. And you're going to evolve with me. So, yes, you're going to have to pay $9.99 a month to be a part of it. And if you decide to go ahead and cancel your subscription, then fine. You lose out. You're losing out from somebody who's killed dozens upon dozens upon dozens upon dozens of deer with his bow in every state you can imagine across varied types of terrain. So if you want to lose out on that, that's perfectly fine. I don't care. But I'm going to put it out there to those that are truly interested in understanding that information. And again, from a high level, like somebody like you, I mean, you're, I don't know what I could teach you, dude, because you've already killed the 200-inch deer. You've already killed no, Brian. No, dude. I like, haven't. <clears throat> well, One, look, dude, 190 something. Right. So it's, uh, to me, it's kind of like Kumse Kumsa. It's the same thing. The very large, beautiful box. Like, Andy, that, that's what all of us are after. Is it not? Like, would you not yeah. be totally, like, freaking shot in the heart to try and kill that deer again? Oh, for I'd sure. tip him over every day. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's that experience we're looking for. So, you know, for us, it's a little different. But for somebody that maybe isn't as confident, like you said, you know, I would kill a 155 with my eyes closed every, every year, no problem. And, and I feel that way too, like with a bow. I feel like I could darn near throw a rocket one and feel that way nowadays. And it's like, I'm not looking to, to brag. I don't want to boast. I want to do those. I want to have this very safe. Because look, I'm being very vulnerable in these videos. They're like, 
iPhone videos where I'm being very sometimes like I have these big eyes and the big eyes, the rubber around them is like old. So every time I look through them, I look like a freaking raccoon. <laughs> and half the time I'm driving my razor around, so I'm covered in dust. So I'm like this filthy mess with black eyes, right? And I'm just going to whip out my video and my cat and my phone and just be like, Hey guys, I'm taking a look at this. I think it's important. And you know, so I'm being very vulnerable and very real with these videos. There's nothing to show off there. I'm not flexing. I'm not wearing some color coordinated, anything super, I'm not super authentic sponsors. Yeah. So authentic dude. It's almost embarrassing and scary, but I think that there's a place that's needed for that type of information. Like, I think that, um, in this huge ethos and atmosphere of all this data that we can, you know, go through and digest. I think that, that there's something to being real and just putting your authentic, genuine self out there and saying, Hey, if I can help just a few people that want to understand this to their core and want to evolve with me and, and know what's happening in my mind as I kill the next 50 mule deer. Right. Like, Well, you know, Marlon, what's interesting about that is, um, I was, I was listening to some, you know, business podcast, Gary V probably. And, um, you know, he, ah, dude, um, I'm a hardcore, we could, we could have a whole nother episode on just, you know, marketing and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I think he, I think he made the comment once like, Hey, you know, if you want to see who the real ones are. And again, he was relating this to business probably, but he said, look for the guys who can jump on their own podcast with no guest. Right. In fact, he, on the flip side, he tells people when you start your podcast, if you're just starting out and you aren't an expert in what you're doing, um, jump on and have guests because you can do these Q and a podcasts, right? This is literally how I started this podcast. It was pure and this has been six years ago now right so i've done a lot of growing as a hunter since then but it was pure um q a right i would just get on and i would say almost nothing and i would just get guys like you who were experts and i would ask them a question i would shut up and i would let them go for 10 minutes and then i'd ask them a follow-up question let them go right because i wasn't whether i knew it or whatever i couldn't articulate it or i didn't 100 know it or whatever right um and and so it's like that with content, right? If you, um, if you took half, no, let me back up. If you took, I'll bet you, and I'm just generalizing this, but three quarters of people who are influencers, what does that mean? I don't know. People who are making a paycheck by doing any sort of content, right? Or thinking they are. Or thinking that they are, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Even, even the even the real dumb ones that are just taking a discount code and thinking that they're an influencer, whatever, right? From the bottom of that pile to the top even, I'll bet you on average, 75% of them, if you made them get on and just hit record and rant for an hour about how they stock a mule deer or why they choose the backpack gear that they choose or why they're using this arrow or how they tune their bow or why they're shooting their bullet that they're shooting or whatever, right? They couldn't do it because it's all, it's just a charade, right? Or, you know, it's just like a a face that they're putting out of all this content. That's not, there's no meat behind it. (laughs) Right. And so the reason I'm saying that is the fact that you can, you know, 
I've gotten to where I can just get on, I'll rant, I'll get on my own podcast with no guest anymore. And I'll just rant about whatever you want to talk about, man. Like, you know, now there's stuff I still don't know. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of stuff that I do know. And I'm comfortable just ranting about how I killed my late season bull and where to find them and you know, how I hunted them and why I did this and why I did that. Right. Um, and so that's what I heard when you told me, when you said, Hey, this is just authentic me and I'm on my app and I just, some of them are embarrassing videos because it's ridiculous production level and it's just my iPhone and I'm just sitting there going while I'm literally on a hunt or whatever. That's what I heard is, Hey, I can just get on and I can talk candidly to the camera because I know what I'm talking about. Right. I, I have content. I have meat behind what I'm doing and what I'm saying. This isn't, you know, just an Instagram photo with a stupid, you know, paragraph below it that is just generic that everyone puts right this is real stuff like i can get on and i can just make my app and i can put videos up so i'm looking that's exactly that's really exactly it dustin like you you understand it through and through it, it's just this has not and to be honest with you after people understand like you know what i've achieved with bow hunting uh from there it really doesn't matter none of it's about me because the only reason why i would sit there and say hey this is you know, what I've achieved in bow hunting is just credibility, like to understand, Hey, you know, I've killed quite a few of these things. So the information that I'm giving you isn't just garbage. It's actually tangible. You can take it to the bank and use it to actually become successful if you know how to apply it. Yeah. From there, none of it's about me. The rest of it's just about, okay, so now that we've covered that, let's talk about how it can like help you. How it can help you. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really, you know, guys that have been doing this for 20 years, they're going to look at some of them and be like, okay, like, duh, that's obvious. But it's kind of like, well, that isn't for you, bro. Like, yeah. you know, it's not it's clearly not for you. You know, that we're looking for something from this that's going to help you become a better person and grow as a, as a better hunter and, and fieldsman and outdoorsman. And ultimately, in my opinion, uh, what I aspire for is to be a great woodsman. Like, that's somebody who's, through and through good at bushcraft survival like somebody who can go on the mountain and you know let's say you run out of arrows and your bow is no longer good you know how to make one like you know how to make your own arrowheads um i think that there isn't a thing about going out into the woods and knowing who you are as a confident man dealing with predators dealing with food dealing with shelter dealing with life just weather navigation knowing where you are and how to survive man i think the most the greatest men that ever walked the face of the earth are people that truly through and through understood that and that's how i aspire to be and i'm a weakling like if i go onto the mountain and you know my, some some of my boot string breaks or like something happens like my belt or Lord forbid one of the sides of my backpack straps break or something like <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, I need to go off the mountain and get it fixed. And it's like, gosh, you know, if you really think about it, how pathetic is that? Like <laughs> I, I, I truly aspire to want to have like just a higher level of dedication, commitment, love and understanding of that, you know, that entire ethos. And, and so again, the app is truly about a journey of bettering myself and helping, you know, our audience better themselves in the field. Yeah. And in doing so, having a higher level of understanding, it's not something that you can just watch 200 videos that I have on there. And all of a sudden you're going to be like a great builder hunter. Like you've got a lot freaking coming. If you think that's going to be the case, right? Like it's more about 
this evolution and process that you're going to undergo. You might have to watch a video 20 times before you fully understand it. You might watch it for the 50th time five years later and say, I get what he's talking uh, about. Now. Yeah. Well, like, you, you use the word recipe, <clears throat> recipe book, right? And it's that's like saying that you can hand a 12-year-old a recipe book of the best recipes in the world, right? And they're just going to pull off you know, the best cake or the best, you know, burger or the best lasagna or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, they, you could give them all the exact ingredients and everything, and they're still going to screw it up dozens of times. Right. But they have the recipe and if they just apply the process, right. And, and That's it. right. Yeah. Apply that process. And it's like, Oh, okay. I see why here, like it's actually important. I have to honor that time where I have to wait 30 minutes between, you know, adding this ingredient and mixing those ingredients, whatever. Right. That's what you're talking about. It's like, okay, you got the playbook. Now let's go out and apply it on the field and become, you know, a championship type of a player. Yeah. Like, like I can, it, it's the whole philosophy of you can lead a horse to water, but you can't tell it to drink. <laughs> Like I can, I can give you all the information in the world, but unless you're prepared to listen to it and actually, you know, not judge me, but just look in the mirror and say, how can I apply this to make it, you know, work for me? Um, you know, that's really where the, the most like change is going to happen. That's where, that's where you're going to see like breakthroughs and the, and the, the, the greatest, what I would call and consider aha moments. Well, I'm excited, man. You mentioned 9.99, and that like you know most of us are used to getting most of our apps for free, you know. But like, listen, this this is a very this is a very niche type of an app, right? This is like again, you're not even. I asked you before we hit record if you're going to branch out into like rifle hunting mule deer, and you're like, yeah, for now it's just going to be bow hunting, right? So this is like. This is very specific, not that it wouldn't help a rifle hunter, duh, right? Like the information, oh, yeah. you know, 95% of this, I bet, is going to apply to a rifle hunter other than the bow tuning stuff that you have on there. But um, I'll tell you what, man, like if you become a great bow hunter, you're going to be an incredible oh, rifle hunter. Yeah, there's no way you can't, you know. Yeah. Um, so the 999, I mean, heck you mentioned this, those uh, like subscription services, right? And they'll charge you basically the same thing right 100 to 150 dollars a month most of them and to be honest like they're not even producing like to a certain extent they give some authentic information but a lot of it's just information that someone that knows what they're doing like me i can go find every single bit of those statistics online right like the states produce all that stuff so you know i'm just i'm paying them the same amount that we're talking about just to you know put a little bit of extra information in a convenient place for me. So to pay the same amount, you know, 120 bucks a year to like have actual, like, like knowledge and information and like a wealth of, you know, tips and tactics and, uh, you know, things to look out for and experience and all that kind of stuff. I mean, a whole nother, to me, it's a whole nother level is what I'm getting at. It's like, you know, this isn't just, regurgitating states data that they have on there. And that's not all that those services do. Some of them do some of them, you know, the, like the real main service is just a regurgitation of states data. But anyway, 120, yeah. bucks, 120 bucks a year to get access to like, you know, just 
hundreds of videos. It's just authentic. Yeah, it's just authentic, straightforward information that doesn't come from anywhere but my insight in the field. Yeah. And 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 I agree with you. Like for literally less than what it costs you to fill your tank. A cheeseburger. With gas. <laughs> yeah. Or like to get your Starbucks for half a month. <laughs> like you get a year of kind of like inside of my being inside my head. Yeah. Um, there's even like part of it, like we talk about backcountry logistics and we, you know, we're going to talk about like, like all year, all of the food that you have the ability to procure, put together different packages to make the hunt more interesting. Um, like, you know, we need to talk about how your service is a part of this because at the end of the day, like I want people to understand by, you know, what you offer. There's a part of this backcountry logistics side of things that is really important um, with the, you know, the different packages that we put together um, or that you put together, not me, but that, you know, help these guys with their hunts and how I'm going to have a section there dedicated to making sure that like they can find out information about, you know, what you're doing on there and how it helps us, you know, go on these hunts. Yeah. Well, uh, it's be strong and, you know, stay longer and be more committed and be all in and, and actually have, because if you're hiding out west of the mountains, you very well know that we operate in a caloric deficit during that hunt. There's no such thing as going on an extended hunt and staying up with your body weight. No. Um, it, it's just a fact. Like, you are going to uh, need more calories that are available to you. And I think that what you're doing really helps people stay in that energy zone that is the most optimum based off of their performance and their desired levels. So, you know, we could talk a little bit about that too. I think it would be great. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've ranted on here about what we do more in depth and stuff, but I think what's important is, you know, you and I right off, like, you know, you, you hit me with this and, and, you know, as soon as I saw what it was and, and I agreed and you said, you know, this would just make sense, man. Like, like we need to kind of team up on this because, because really like the way I saw it is the service that I'm trying to help guys with. It's, it's a parallel of what you're doing here. Yours is obviously a lot bigger scale and a little more build out and mine's a lot more niche, you know, just the food obviously, but, but it's the same parallel, right? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to combine years of experience that I've had and that I know others in the industry and that have done this, you know, more times than me have had issues with or whatever, and then centralize a convenient place where we can transfer all that you know, knowledge and just help people come up with the right amount of calories or, you know, at least get them on the right track of things that are going to keep them on the mountain longer, be successful, have a better chance of staying on the mountain and getting after it day after day after day or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, it's the same, you know, it's the principally speaking, it's the same concept. I think, um, you know, that you and I have kind of, kind of come together on it. And this mine's just going to be a tiny little sliver of the pie, and I'm just super happy to help any way I can. Um, you know, just just like with this business, right? I mean, my my thing was just born out of necessity of like I'm getting so frustrated with this. I wish there was an easier way. I wish that you know, and I bet you wish there was an app like you're making 20, 15, 17 years ago when you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my god! Do you right. have any idea how? Like there's, um, yeah, of course, you know, like there, if you go and look for information like this, it's just like, there's nobody there. Everybody that's okay. Here's, here's the reality. 
everybody is worth the crap um, is pretty secretive. They're pretty quiet. Not everybody. There's a few people out there doing it. I mean, like, Aaron Knight is one of them, right? He's like, my man, you, you know, you got this podcast, you're talking about things that you do out in the field. Like, I get that. But the people that are the most active are the people that are trying to figure it out. I think, by and large, that the best way to learn is from people that are just, they've been there and they've done that and they've done it so much that it's almost like clockwork. That's why I want to learn from. I'm excited to learn from people that, you know, are like you or like other people like us, right? I want to learn from people like that. And back in that time, it was mostly forums, if you were lucky. And then, yeah, like, those were, websites. those were a dumpster fire. Oh, that was such a dumpster fire, bro. Dude, That's so, like, you had to weed through. Way of saying it. Yeah, like, I mean, anytime this... you would go on and be like, hey, I'm like, you know, new at this, I'm interested, I'm going to go here. Everybody oh, would fire gosh. back at you with, like, you should, it was you like should think about com- <laughs> like contributing a little bit more before you ask for information. Yeah. Of, like, You've only Jesus. posted 17 times. Yeah, the, the right number of comments to ask a question is 30. You have to get to 30 or whatever. Like, bro, like, oh, i got to buy you a drink before yeah. you talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing, nothing that came from any of that that really... I felt justified half of the reactions that happened, but I definitely jumped off of that train pretty quick. If there was something that I could go to in my own time, like when I'm sitting in bed or, you know, on a lunch break or something like that and zip through some videos and learn from somebody that, you know, had something to say, dude, I would have be, I would have downloaded 20 of them. Right. It's literally, it's literally, it's literally, the sifting you know it's it's uh straining out all of that bs like all the guys who just are don't have any of your best interests in like just they're spewing garbage they don't care they're trying they're literally trying to not help you be better <laughs> like it's just taking all that and getting rid of it and organizing it into a freaking app that's like hey you know here here's some concrete stuff from someone who knows what they're doing so um, yeah man yeah. Uh, so, so real quick. So the uh, gray light, gray light app, right? We're calling it gray light. Yeah. So you can um, <clears throat> you can go to uh, graylighthunter.com uh, dot com, uh, and then under the app, you can learn a little bit about it. Um, but if you already you know follow me or know what I do or whatever, and you're interested in knowing more about it, you can go straight to the app store and Google play or, uh, yeah, just go straight, or your iPhone. Just go straight yeah, to the app store. Just go there. straight to the app store and get it. That's what I did. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if you're in gray light, yeah, if you're uh, like word. wanting to dive into gray, you know, who Marlin is and stuff, I mean, obviously, and then, you know, just, I mean, anyway, I don't need to talk about how many days you spend in the field and all your photos and, and just, you know, we've all we've talked about most of that but yeah gray light gray light app um you're gonna get me uh approved and signed in and then i'm gonna i've kind of i kind of see all the my gosh man like i really i can't believe (laughs) no wonder it took you a year i told you when i we first started talking about it like this is like writing a book and and but it's worse because you have to video it It's, yeah, more, to, it's like writing a, it's like making a movie of how to hunt mule deer 
field ethos and mule deer conditioning, mountain safety, scouting, glassing, field judging, equipment. And again, this isn't just, you know, a paragraph. This is like these all have videos attached to them, I think. Uh, bow tuning, there's backcountry logistics that I'll probably help with a little bit. Uh, navigation, habitat, terrain, my gosh, man, like what, and like, like stocking, you have like 12, it looks like you have 12 series there, <laughs> like, geez, man. Um, yeah, and it's just going to grow and grow yeah. and grow. Like, you know, I'm going to go to the desert this January, I'm going to probably have at least another 20 or 30 videos I'm going to end up yeah. downloading from that and dropping. Well, and I... just. I have so much learning to do. You know, I launched this business out of necessity. Honestly, I'm not, I'm no dietitian, right? But I'm like the more you get into it and it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I've had dietitians on, like I had Kyle camp on and we start going through and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wait a minute. So you're saying there's a difference between, you know, when I wake up and eat this or when I wake up and eat this. And so I've got so much to learn. And as I do, I feel like I could, you know, kind of, throw more information on there. Hey, this, you know, this is cool. Did you guys realize this? You know, let's talk about macros on a hunt or whatever it is. Right. And maybe pop up a new video for you or something, but. Yeah. Always, always need that information. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, like it, it is, uh, all about what we've learned over the years that makes, that makes it all the difference. Like it, it's not about, um, people don't come to a resource to learn from somebody who's green. And so we need to make sure that the information is quality. It's authentic can be trusted, uh, that, you know, it's followed with a track record. And, and that's really what it's all about. Like I could, if somebody, you know, it, let's say for example, I had five mule deer kills and I've been doing this for 20 years and I put out now, it's kind of like, Oh, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's not, it's not going to have the same type of impact. Um, it's kind of like, wow, 20 years. Like what did, what have you been doing wrong? Yeah. I I, I would be interested in signing up so I can figure out what you're doing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's how I could help Marlon. I could tell everybody what I've been doing wrong. (laughs) I have closer to, I have closer to five than, than uh, 40. (laughs) I, I can tell you what i've been doing wrong this year that's for sure but that's a whole nother story about not going after 190s on a drought year um anyway yeah dude i'm super excited about this and, and i can't you know tell you enough how much i appreciate just your your friendship first and foremost and the camaraderie the brotherhood like as the years go by i realize how special not only our community is, but you know, all the people that make it up and you're absolutely one of those closest people to me that I just, I love and I trust. And I look forward to seeing your hunts every year. <laughs> I, out of everything, I think I die when I see this stupid energy drink review. <laughs> oh my can, God. Those, can we have a section of energy drink reviews? On yeah, energy drink reviews. We definitely should like do something oh there. Gosh. Outtakes. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I look forward to this. This community is just the best. No, I, everybody involved in it is just so great. And I have so much fun with it. It gives me a purpose and meaning and, and just everything that's wonderful about, you know, what we do, man. Yeah. Well, no, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and like I said, I am, I am not, that's why I didn't make the app and you did, right? Like you said, like you nailed it. I'm like, I've got closer to five mule deer kills than 40 and so, or t- even 20 probably. So, um, 
you know, you were the guy and I'm just, I'll do my little part. And I'm just, like I said, I'm glad to help. So, um, holler with any questions. Uh, where's, is Instagram the best? That's where you and I have messaged a few times, right? Um, I don't know where, where do you, where do you want people reaching out if they have questions or whatever, when they're signing up or just sign up, don't ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're going to steer like, thousand people to drop questions yeah, right. in my DMs. Listen, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but we don't, we don't have a thousand people <laughs> listening to this right now. I doubt yeah, it. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We're good. We're good. After this, it'll start changing, I promise. No, um, you know, I mean, yeah, if you have questions, you can drop it in at, uh, at Graylight Hunter on IG. Um, yeah. I don't play the TikTok game. Um, no. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that, so. I would, I'm just not, I'm not creative. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot of creativity. (laughs) Hey, I I don't know, bro. Like, I think we need to do a vote here because I'm saying that if you did a TikTok page, like talking about energy drinks, we might have a freaking like algorithm breaker here. Uh, Like this might change the game. (laughs) There's nothing creative about what I do. I'm just a loser that drinks energy drinks every day. And it's like, I might as well hit record. (laughs) Okay, well, then add me to the list, too. Yeah. <laughs> freaking everybody else drinks coffee. I'm like, hmm, what flavor of freaking monster am I going to crack yes. open this morning? There's only one right answer, and it's a white one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want any consistency with it, yeah, I can get sick of the other ones after a while. Listen, here's your pro tip. I just got on Amazon and realized that you can, and whatever, support big business, don't support big business, I don't care. But when you're when Maverick is charging like three twenty, uh, white mon- per white monster, and I can get them on Amazon by the case. I just had a case show up at work today for a dollar fifty each. I'm freaking dead. Oh, I'm freaking I've dead. Got, I got a problem. Oh shoot, man. <laughs> yeah, you have. You, I have a buddy up in uh up in the, the northern end of our country. <clears throat> I won't disclose the state. He's hilarious. He freaking drinks Mountain Dew. <laughs> I hope he listens to this podcast because I don't even need to say his name. He's going to know exactly who he is. <laughs> um, he has he has this sticker that says YTB. It means you're the best. And uh, it doesn't matter whether like you truly are the best. You're a total piece of you know what I mean. And he drinks probably a whole pallet of Mountain Dew a month. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't drink water when he hunts. He does not drink water. He puts straight Mountain Dew, like, cans, too. He doesn't, he hasn't even evolved the bottles. I mean, he puts, he'll put, like, six cans of Mountain Dew inside his backpack with a couple of Snickers bars, and he's, like, ready to go for, like, you know, a day, two days. If he needs to sleep overnight, he's set. He said, and, and he's oh, he's totally set. He yeah, sounds like he, an OG. He sounds like an OG he, man. That's how my old man, OG. dude. That's how my old yeah. man used to hunt when I was a kid. Like he had a, he had a. We didn't hunt with backpacks, right? He had a fanny pack, right? And before oh they were God, cool, dude. yeah, yep. way before they were cool. And he would load that thing up in the morning for a deer hunt with a Mountain Dew on one side, maybe a water bottle on the other. But then, like you're saying, like Snickers and just you know random crap in the thing and like that was it man no lunches no breakfast like no nothing you know just mountain dew and yeah we're just gonna figure it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god he's like i don't need no tent it's too heavy he has a pad <laughs> he's like, going overnight on this pad 
Yeah, <laughs> overnight. I'm like, man, you're freaking too much, dude. Like, That's epic. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it takes you know bare minimum essentials to to the nth degree. I'm not interested in in. I like a little more comfort than that. He well, just doesn't care. Watch out for those type of guys because they're dangerous. Like that guy, I bet he gets it done. He does get it done. Let's see, yeah. He's like just a notch above Hills Have Eyes. Whoever you are, yeah, reach out anonymously or not, but I want to get you on the podcast. <laughs> we'll get you on the podcast to have a rebuttal and we'll set up a GoFundMe so you can have a chance. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I feel, I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna end this. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. All right, Marlon. All right. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let's keep in touch. Seriously, let me know any way I can. You know, I'll I'll get. Uh, well, I'll, let, let me. I'll dive into this thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a once over, and then I'll uh, I'll you know help with do some videos on our end and stuff, and you know we can revise them or whatever till we get it right. So. Super simple, just raw, uncut, straight up, straight up stuff, man. That's Love the it. best stuff there is. People don't want any of the fluff. They yep. just want the information. So, yep. yeah, looking forward to this. We're going to have a pretty fun time with it one way or another. Amen. And, uh, you know, whether there's five people that listen to it or 20,000 that listen to it, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's it's just all about having quality information for good people that want to learn. Amen. And I appreciate you having me on, Dustin. Nope. You bet, man. Have a good evening. Uh, we'll we'll be in touch real soon. I got logged in there, so just uh, you know, as soon as we, uh, as soon as I get whatever you need from me, I'll get it over to you. Hey, everybody! Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do: leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes please visit findingbackcountry.com.